coming to, um, it's the law passed uh, part two. And I think that, again, this is foundational. This is something that we, we have to know because if not, what's going on around us and what have you will begin to slip past us. We have to really be on, on, on board on this. So um, let's follow in prayer. Follow the leading guidance now as we go through this uh, time together with the saints and looking at your word and what it has to say. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for the insights and how all of this began to tie together. Lord, uh, calm my spirit. Sometimes we want to share a lot of information and just kind of get some definite points over so folks will understand, connect it, so they'll be able to live it to your glory. So leading God is now, great is your faithfulness, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. Well, as we come to, again, uh, this whole idea of it's the law, and we come to uh, it's the law part two, again, my concern is we begin to paint the picture um, because you're going to see that everything that's going on in our society is riding on uh, laws. Um, all of a sudden, things are going to start breaking out, and you start hearing something like society, there's what they call society justice and moral justice. And society justice is based on what a group of people say, this is wrong. If you call a certain group of people this or that, or, and they riot in the streets, whatever the case may be, then they make that a law so you will not mess with these people, and then they make that a law, and so they have been justified in doing this. And that's the society justice, but does not make it right. Then there's a moral, there's a moral justice. The moral, the moral justice is that God says, this is it. And don't move. I don't care what society says. Got it? It's the law. Um, and so as we go through this, um, do not think that I, that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to do what? Fulfill. I often, often when I said, how is the Lord going to fulfill this? I mean, but again, that was all because of lack of study, because it's right there in, in the word of God. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till it is fulfilled. But the scriptures imprison everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, in prison until the coming faith, would be revealed. You got the idea? The first thing I want you to understand, before there was ever, quote, law, there was the promise of God to the Jews. He promised to Abraham. And when he promised to Abraham, now I'll break this out a little bit further. When he promised this to Abraham, again, I'm just laying the canvas because if we understand this, then we get down to our personal living. But we have to understand the whole idea. That's why we'll do a review and, and keep on going. But it's important that we understand that, that Jesus Christ is the promise uh, that is made to Abraham. See, And so um, we go further in our introduction. We always will be under the law. The question is, which law? 
it is our responsibility to understand that it's, it's, great import, it's great importance because it will guarantee our success or failure. Now, I, I put that there for a moment, um, just about the, the China thing, about the Singapore uh, and what happened. I don't know if you understood about the caning. Let me just kind of refresh your memory. What happened was some Americans went over to Singapore. Now, under the British rule, the British brought up the, the, the stock and the, and the caning, and when the, when the Britons were over Singapore, they, they picked it up and they never did get rid of it. So, uh, so with Singapore and Malaysia, they still have caning. You mess up over, over there, you broke the law. That means that you will be caned. So what happened was this American, rambunctious American went over there and started putting paint on these folks' cars. Well, the Japanese said, okay, then here's, here's the law of caning. Number one, you, they do not cane women. They only cane uh, young men at certain ages. So it's, it's, it's kind of uh, within this, the boundaries. Well, this guy fell within the, the age where you're going to get your glutus maximus uh, whipped real good. And so what happened at that point was what, what they would say caning, they would take a bamboo uh, pole. And a person is a specialist in how he handles it, and he whips you. If, you. if he hits you once, you think you have died. The, this guy, I think he was going to get over 20 whacks. And so uh, it was all over news. I mean, the, the news media in America, and they were trying to reason with them and everything else. And they said, no, you broke our law. And what you feel is right in America is wrong here in Singapore. He came over here and sprayed our cars. You can plead if you want to. We'll let him go after we cane him. Do you think he touched anybody else's car? I don't know he, whether he went back to Singapore anymore. Guess what? It put everybody else on notice. It's the law. Once you have established the law, then that's it. And that's what happened. That's why I want to throw that in. Because the law governs uh, the people. And I'll, I'll, we'll reemphasize that. Uh, these three points we did last week was understanding the position. When it comes down to position, then God is sovereign, and he has established an intended end, an intended end which everything will move to its completion. So God is sovereign, so God is the one who sets up the law. No one else can set up anything higher than God. Therefore, when we stand on the principles of God, that's it. That's the law. Whenever, whenever couples have problems, I don't look at what's going on in the, with the problems. I want to see how did you violate God's word that you'll be here in the first place. You see, there's a spiritual problem that goes on in the first place. So then, God have, so he's sovereign. God is what? So then, I don't care what the world says, it, there's coming a time when God's going to make, make it very clear. Everybody will know God is sovereign. The demons know already. They got to they jump on it. But all the folks still have to know this. Man is the last one to learn this lesson. The second thing we talked about was understanding the purpose. To forever deal with sin correct our standing through Christ, and provide a new sinless relationship by faith. Now, let me just go back just uh, 
just go back there, uh, just for your uh, reading again. To forever deal with sin, correct our standing through Christ, and provide a new sinless relationship by faith. The reason that you cannot get folks to obey because they don't know Jesus, or they heard about him, they don't know him, that poses a real serious problem. So we cannot, with our Christian values, we cannot make people do anything. You understand that? Okay. You cannot make your mate or anything, anybody else do anything. You cannot change anything. The only thing you can change is yourself. God changes people. Okay. Now, let's go further. Understanding the principle. And we talked about, it, let's read it together. What does it do? Does it do? It, it corrects, stops, prevents, and punishes violators. It controls and maintains balance in the life of the recipients. It creates a culture. It clarifies boundaries. When there's a law, there are boundaries. As parents, you set up boundaries. I don't care where you go, there are boundaries. Um, when it comes down to driving, there's a boundary. I don't care what you do on your job, there are boundaries. Everybody have boundaries. Nobody just do anything. When you say lawless, that means that a person decides they're not going to go by anyone else's boundaries but their own. That individual is a fool. Because now they're going, they're, they're doing, in other words, matter of fact, Scripture says, Amen did what was right in his own eyes, which means what? There was no boundaries. What's yours is mine, so I'll steal yours. There was no boundaries. And all the way up to, all the way up to Abraham, as a matter of fact, 430 years later after Abraham, when God gave the law, there were basically no boundaries. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, and all. You know what the law did? The law came after people were doing. It said, thou shalt not steal. Guess what people were doing before then? Thou shalt not kill. What do you think people were doing? So then the law didn't come. See, the law came after all of the people acting crazy in the first place. And so what God was saying is, I'm putting a people together, and I'm going to put them under the law. I'm going to put them in prison. I'm going to hold them in prison until the person who comes, but as I imprison them, it still doesn't do away with their sins. You see what happens? I'm going to keep you in this. You're going to be the Jews. You'll be under a law. But if you violate the law, there are consequences or consequences. And it's going to be that way until Jesus Christ comes. Okay. Who will not only deal with sin, but he will set up a new law. Okay. But even under the new law, getting ahead of myself, you're still dealing with sin. But you're going to deal with it in a different way. So the bottom line, God made a promise to Abraham, set up the law that revealed and controlled sin, provide the person Jesus to die for our sins and establish a new relationship through faith. So then the law says you do it. And by faith, when we're saved, we're doing it not because God will punish us. We do it because we love the Lord. 
the reason that I don't steal or cheat on caring or anything else is not so much that I'll get caught. It will break God's heart. I work on a different level. Because of the relationship that I have now, it's not because of the law of Moses, but it's because of a new law that Jesus Christ has set up. And as I said last, last week, that God has determined our end already. Now, he has come and he's walking us to our end. And there are times you're going to mess up and everything else, but he, he, you're still in the boat, okay? You're not going anywhere, okay? Uh, but I'm still getting you to your end. I have a purpose for your life. And God has set up laws while you're in the boat. So that's the end of our review. Again, taking it to the next level. Outline. My, my concern is not trying to finish the outline. I'll go to a certain point, finish at the right time, get you out of here. Understanding the procedure, understanding the pattern of the Old Testament, unveiling the product. The first thing that we need to do then is understand the procedure. When we talk about understanding the uh, procedure, here's, here's what's going to happen here. Galatians 3.22, but the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, therefore, faith came. We were held captive under the law in prison until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian protector until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. That's why once you're saved, you cannot go back and start doing the law. We're now, in, we're, now it's by faith. It's now it's by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer what? What is the guardian? The, the law. We're no longer under the law. We are now moving by faith. And so when folks say that this, you're doing this against the law and that against the law, let them know, I'm not under the law anymore. But if you do the law, you have to keep all of the law. And it still won't save you. And so the thing is, is that what, when we're in by faith, we are saved so we can keep it. By the law, you're waiting to be saved. By faith, you are saved and you keep it. It's two different things. Meanwhile, as God is saying, I'm doing this in your life. He says, I want you to understand the principle here because I'm moving you toward an end. Let me pause now for a station identification. Here's what's going on. Have you, any of you seen uh, Jurassic Park? Um, uh, have you ever seen that first movie, Jurassic Park? They, uh, uh, something, Karen, uh, Karen and I saw that and uh, and this guy was in this Jeep, and they were trying to get back to the, to the grounds. And they were, I forgot the type of animal it was. I'm not into the, the, the T-Rex. It was, it, was, it was these real small, fast, I mean, they were the real fast. Anyway. Okay. And so what happened was, it was two of them before it got it down. It was two of them. So what happened was, here's what they did. One came up to one side of the, uh, of the uh, Jeep, and they were saying, and the person said, oh, how nice. I said, oh, how. And, they, and while they were enamored by that one, the, the male was on the other side. And 
Next thing you know, they turned around and he tore them up. And that stuck with me. That stuck in my mind. That, know, know why that stuck in my mind? I started applying it to life. You know what's going on right now? Listen, when I talk to you, when I'm talking to you about the law and about God establishing the law, what's going on here in America and everything else, and you can, you can check it out yourself. I'll give you the reference. You can check it out yourself. What's going on here in America is child's play. The floods, the fire, uh, the, um, uh, the turmoil, uh, the racial tension and all, all of that's child play. Would you take a moment, and all you have to do is uh, go to Google and, and, and type up Israel's news. When you go to Israel news, what you're going to come up with is this. There is a battle going on as to the land that the Jews got in 1967 and all the things that have taken place since that time because what happened is whoever gets this land and holds the land, understand it's the dome of the rock, okay, where the new temple is to be rebuilt. That battle is going on right now. And the leadership, everything, is, everything on this side from the biblical perspective is coming together. And God has said it's closer than you think. While we're, we're concerned about uh, the civil rights, which is true, and all these other things are true. Meanwhile, on this side, God is saying it is closer than you think. Stop looking at CBS and all that. Go to Israel News. Check out Israel News. What's going on between the Palestinian and the Jews? At one time, the Palestinians and the Jews were neighbors. Until something came in between them, they lived across the street from one another. Until this began to uh, happen, and then they identified with the Arab brothers, um, Arabian brothers, uh, Muslim brothers, and what happened was it was a split. Now the results is the land. And what that land and what God says, I, here's what I promised to the Jews. The Jews says, this is what God has promised us. This is ours. And they are saying, no, it's ours. And so there's a battle that went going to the UN, and the UN Council is trying to determine whose land it is. Once they have decided whose land it is, then they will be determined as to who's building and who has to tear down what. Guess what's taking place? They already have in place all the material to rebuild the temple. All the material. They're just waiting now for this opportunity to do something in this area. This is going on. Meanwhile, God said to, to Abraham, I am bring the, I'm going to bring the people back to the land. They have come back to the land. And then 1967 was, was the uh, seven-day war, I think it was. And what happened in 67? They were declared a nation. See, 42, they came back. 67, they were declared a nation. And what's going on in, over there in, in Israel, you know what? They don't put it in our news. They don't let us know about it. Meanwhile, God is saying, don't you understand? I'm sovereign. I'm dealing with the physical. I'm going to get, I'm going to get my people and all of those who are under the promise of Abraham. I'm going to establish. And it's unfolding. But sometimes we're so busy in life Amen. that we overlook that. Be careful. Because God says, I'm sovereign, it's the law. And it's going to take place whether you like it or not. So, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. 
So everybody's not sons of God, only in Christ Jesus. There are several things that are still standing. One, let's read together. Number two. Three. Four. Five. Six. I told you last week, whenever there's a law put in place, a law develops a new culture. Every time a law is put in place, it develops a new culture. If the laws of, of, of our land changes, and it's, and it's going anti-biblical in the first place, it's going to develop a new culture. And this new culture says, you have to do this, or you're going against the law, or you will be punished. God says, with the Jews, I've set up a law. And guess what? The Jews were very distinct with their culture. Now it's neither Jew nor Gentile because now we're under Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ says, I'm setting up a new culture. There's a certain way that you should live. There's a certain way that you should walk. There's a certain way that you should talk. I'm setting up a new culture with you. And it will be the law. You think you're out from under the law now? We are now under the law of Christ. They call it the law of liberty. We are under another law. And under the other law, it's a new culture. And under the culture, you still have to obey God. If you don't obey, God says, be not deceived. God is not marked. Whatsoever man soweth, what? That shall he also reap. Oh, you, you, won't, there, you won't exactly, quote, die right on the spot, but God has whipping for those who do not go, uh, that goes against the law. At no time are we permitted to pick and choose what part of God's word we will ignore for our convenience without suffering the consequences. Galatians 6, 7, and 8, I just quoted that. Be not deceived, God is not marked, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. I think that's very important when it comes down to this whole idea of the law. Well, I think I've talked your ears off for this morning. <laughs> because what needs to happen is that once we talked about, about the law, then understand the pattern of the old and new law, and then how that goes down to how it produces us, and how now what does it mean to walk in the spirit instead of walking according to the law. The, you know, the, the rich and ruler said, Lord, I've kept all of the law from my youth up. And what, what did Jesus Christ say? One thing you lack, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. And guess what? He didn't do it. And the rich young man didn't realize you just violated the first law. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Which means that when I tell you to do something, you do it. 
we have to understand something else. As I, I close on this note. Do you know what, where the real sin began in the Garden of Eden? It was not Adam biting the fruit. That was not the issue. That was the smoke pointed back to what the real fire is. You follow what it is because the same thing happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now watch this. Here is the one word that emanates from the Garden, the garden of Gethsemane and the Garden of Eden. Obedience. What's the word? When Adam decided, the Lord said that, that he pointed out the tree in the middle of the garden. So my question is, why are you even going over to the tree in the middle of the garden? Why are you standing right next to your wife? Why are you, since I gave you the control over all the animals, why didn't you shut that animal down since he's a snake? Why didn't you put him down? Why didn't you stop this? You didn't. You know why? Because it wasn't the biting of the fruit, and she didn't make you do it. The, your problem is, your problem started when you first entered the garden. You disobeyed me. And that has been the thread that has gone through all of scripture. How do I know that I love the Lord? Do you obey him? Yes or no? Do you obey him in all things? Yes or no? If not, then you are a disobedient child. Because to disobey is a deliberate act of the will, which means that you have a higher agenda than God's. And Jesus Christ obeyed the Father. He said, I always do my Father's will. And he went all the way up to the cross of Calvary. And he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And he died on the cross of Calvary. For you and me. As I close on this, just on this note, I was listening to the fact that God loves singing among the saints. God sings. Jesus Christ sung at the Last Supper before he went to the Garden of Eden to die for us. And then he tells us, rejoice in the Lord always. When you're obedient, that does not mean everything's going to go right. You're gonna, if you're going to live righteous, you will suffer persecution. But through it all, I just want you to rejoice and understand I'm going to get you to your purpose. There will be times you will fall, but that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit who, who will get you up and pick you up. In your lonely moments, understand, my hands are right there to hold you. Just hold to his, as song said, his unchanging hands. And so as we close this morning, I ask this question, this one, this one question. Matter of fact, let me invert it. You asked it to yourself. Am I obedient? The reason that a lot of those folks died 
when the snake was put up and, and Moses said, all you have to do is look at the snake. You've been bitten by, by, you know, by a snake. Look up at the snake. And some of them look up, didn't look up at the snake. They died in their disobedience. All they had to do was look up. Some of us want great things of the Lord, and God says, then push the button of obedience and keep your finger there. And watch what happens. Am I obedient? And if we have not been obedient to the Lord as we should have, I would like to pray for you. <laughs> because I know that there's a battle of the flesh. There's a battle of the flesh. And if you're that person, maybe God's been speaking to your heart in that area. Am I obedient? And if, you, if that answer is no, I would like to pray for you this morning. Would you stand? Am I obedient? That's between you and the Lord. I don't judge. It's not my job. Just point out, am I obedient? Yes or no? Sometimes when I talk to couples, they, they, they say, well, sometimes I said yes or no. Very simple. Yes or no. And as we close this morning, I want to pray for you, your honesty before God. Because next week, I want to give you, from a biblical perspective, a different way of what this word repentance is. Some of us think it is when I repent of my sins and I go, I go to the Lord and do this, 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 this. We want, to we want to define it and show you that it is a lifetime, lifetime turning from and turning to not this one time. It's a, you hear what I'm saying? It's a lifetime of repentance, turning from and turning to God. Lord, I thank you for this time for the, with the saints. Thank you for your word and what it has to say. Thank you for the dear hearts. You have exactly who you want here because you're getting ready to do some things in and through their lives. Some might be on the crossroads. I don't know. But whatever it is, Lord, I do want us to understand no one changes the law or challenges the law without the consequences. But Lord, help us understand that you, you deal with us as your, your children. You love us with everlasting love. You do not deal with us harshly, but with tender mercies and love to bring us to ourselves to accomplish what you have a purpose for our lives. So I, I pray for each one that is honest with you this morning. I stand before you, Lord. I stand with them. Whatever you want me to be, Lord, whatever the areas of my life that, that you begin to keep bringing into my life to say, that needs to change, and I need to repent. That needs to change. I need to repent. I need to change my mind. I need to forever change my mind about it. Lord, help us to be the people you're calling for in this day and time. And if there be one that do not know Christ as their Savior, then they need to understand that Jesus Christ died for their sins. They are sinners. They cannot save themselves. And that Jesus died for their sins. And to ask Christ 
to save them. And as a result of it, Lord, becoming your child, believing that he is able to do just that. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen.
How many of y'all this week committed to hold on to God's unchanging hands? Let's receive the benediction. Ye therefore, beloved, knowing these things beforehand, beware lest being carried away with error of the wicked, ye fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, our Savior. To him be glory both now and forever. And all the church said, amen. Look to your neighbor and say, I love you. Cake downstairs. <laughs>